A shot of JD with friends. Conversations from Oklahoma City. And on CNN, I pass for a bona fide hunk. We did it on 60 Minutes. It's okay to do it here. We tried to reach out to the man who died in this pursuit. Uh, they were unavailable for comment. That's why I don't read the newspaper. I shall continue to report directly to the people and let the people take it from there. A shot of JD. Please listen carefully. This is going to be a good one. I enjoyed recording this one. I hope you're going to like it too. Welcome to A Shot of JD with Friends podcast. I'm Jason Doyle, hence the JD part. And uh, I had a really good friend of mine uh, join me a couple of weeks ago to record this podcast. I'm really, really excited about it and uh, to bring it to you uh, finally here on the Shot of JD with Friends podcast. Uh, We're going to talk about local media. We're going to give you an inside baseball look uh, at uh, local media. My uh, former uh, former boss, uh, a really good friend, and he's been a mentor of mine, Jerry Bonin, will join us. Uh, here on the Shot of JD with Friends podcast. I'm excited about this. So uh, before we get started... I've been seeing him on Instagram. and wow. I've, been, I've been seeing him on Twitter. I've been seeing him in my dreams a lot. So if you've missed out on some of the previous episodes of the Shot of JD with Friends podcast, don't worry, you can catch up. That's going to be at this website right here. So get ready. Here's the website, shotofjd.simplecast.com. Once again, that's shotofjd.simplecast.com of course you can always email us at uh, shotofjdpodcast at gmail.com once again that's shotofjdpodcast at gmail.com you can find me on Facebook over at Jason Doyle Broadcasted and on Twitter at Jason Doyle so uh, those are the identifiers I'm really really excited to uh, to bring this edition this episode of the Shot of JD Podcast with friends or Shot of JD with Friends podcast, excuse me. Uh, Jerry Bonin and I worked together at KTOK um, uh, here in Oklahoma City. Uh, KTOK is a uh, stalwart in the uh, Oklahoma City radio market. Uh, in its glory days, it had a massive 24-hour newsroom. It was that kind of news radio. Uh, it was, uh, you know, I worked when we had a fairly crowded newsroom uh, when I landed there back in 2003, early 2003, and Jerry Bonin is the one that hired me. Uh, later on, I worked with him at his uh, website, okenergytoday.com, and that's kind of where we bring up this conversation. So uh, let's go ahead and get started with this conversation. This podcast was recorded on February 13th, 2021. Here's my conversation about the local media with Jerry Bonin. A shot of JD with friends. Let me welcome someone who I'm very lucky to call a friend, but he's also been a mentor. And uh, I've been very fortunate to work with him. Some of my awards have been because of him that I've won in journalism. Uh, he's the former news director for KTOK Radio in Oklahoma City. Uh, it's Jerry Bonin. And uh, currently, Jerry's actually still kicking and doing stuff and, and active in, in media. In fact, he's got a wonderful, wonderful uh, publication I used to work for, uh, uh, OKEnergyToday.com. That's right. And uh, so, Jerry, how have you been? Good. Good, keeping busy uh, with uh, 
the Energy News website. Uh, you know, as some of the, the institutional, the energy people like to tell me, Jerry, how's it feel to be the only uh, energy reporter in the state? Well, I wouldn't go that far, but, you know, I, the website just focuses on oil and gas, wind, coal, utilities, airlines, you know, things of that nature. So I keep very busy uh, just focusing and trying to get a, a good product with that. We've got like 58, 50, 900 subscribers. So, you know, anybody who wants to, they can join up. It's free. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you get a newsletter every morning at four o'clock. Um, when I was, uh, when I was a member, when I was your assistant, uh, editor, it was, it was great because I, I was getting to do is I was doing my freelance, uh, era, uh, being a journalist, but it was, uh, getting to do business news, which is something I can't, as you know, I came from a business news background. That's how I came up throughout news, uh, before I landed with you at KTOK. And so when I, uh, when I got the opportunity to do business news, I loved it. I just loved the concept of business news more than politics. Politics, I'm worn out. I'm, I'm burned out of politics and things like that. So when I get a chance to do some business news stories, and I recently, for OETA, recently got to do an oil and gas story, uh, which was really great. So yes, I, I mean, but working for your publication, it was interesting because I got more requests from other media outlets uh, to have either you or myself on to talk about energy issues. Mm -hmm. Such a background in the state in Oklahoma that you really kind of have to have more than just a remedial background in energy issues to understand the economy of our state. True. Um, and I've learned a lot, and I'm still learning, uh, especially, you know, particularly some things about the oil and gas industry. Uh, and, and you learn to focus on what the economics of it that's important and when you consider all of these you know wind and oil and gas and everything together i mean it it is a dramatic impact on the state of oklahoma and uh, so when you start getting into things like completion reports and permits to drill for oil rigs or the rig numbers you know, we used to just kind of speed through those. <laughs> you know, the rig count from Baker Hughes today, blah, blah, blah. blah. And, uh, but, but now you start to understand, you know, what's really critical about, about that. In fact, I just wrote some stories uh, earlier today about the, the rig numbers and how it's coming around. Some of these companies are reactivating their stored rigs. And that's another story in itself is to drive around and see the number of rigs that are upright stored. You see them along I-35 down by I-240. And recently I was out at Calumet and uh, Helmerk and Payne has, I, I don't know, a dozen, 15 rigs out there. And they're all clumped together and stored upright. It's just fascinating. To me it is. Because what? it has the business, business impact in the state. Uh, it you know, what was uh, what I got to do is compare. I, uh, I look back just a couple of years because in 2018 was one of our, our hallmark years for oil production in Oklahoma. And you look when we were averaging around 120 rigs, uh, active rigs. And then uh, just two weeks ago, we were at 17. Yeah, and that'll show you the difference in a couple of years of the difference. And, and it's it's impacted us in so many different ways. 
but at the same time, we've got a pandemic on on top of this. Well, and, I mean, translate that. You know, let's say that. you've got uh, five, six, seven, eight guys working on a rig or more, uh, and so every rig that is no longer on that list, those people are out of work. And then it just ripples on down, you know, to, you know, the, the long haul truck drivers, uh, all sorts of people, you know, uh, uh, geologists and their crews. It's just a horrible impact uh, on Oklahoma. But I like to, to also bring into the fact that Oklahoma energy companies are so deeply involved in exploration in uh, West Texas, the Permian Basin. And the Permian Basin stretches into Southeast New Mexico, where let's say Devon Energy, they're one of the largest drillers out in uh, the Permian Basin of uh, New Mexico. And then you've got an activity in Kansas, Colorado, and up in North Dakota, where Harold Hamm and his Continental uh, Resources Company, uh, you know, they made quite a reputation up there and they're still there. And so uh, it's, it's important to me to, I, I go through so many press releases and stories, and then you see somewhere down in the bottom, it might say Devon <laughs> or Continental. So that's my hook to the story. Uh, I do a lot of reading of uh, releases and other stories and other angles, you know, that, that there's always an Oklahoma angle to it. Uh, devil's in the details in those business reports. Hmm. Because uh, I, I I came up through the business news ranks when Enron was going on, and yep. uh, for those that may not be old enough to remember Enron or or just that wasn't their bag back in the '90s, Enron was this major energy holding company, and it had created such a uh, it had used what's called pro forma reporting, which is now banned. It's they no longer allow pro forma reporting to be part of the actual formal reporting. Now, you can do pro forma in some of your reporting and things like that, but it cannot be a total pro forma, which is basically almost made up numbers you yeah. know, on, on paperwork. Uh, but they had created so many shell companies shuffling debt around that they lost where the debt was. And so um, that was what was fascinating about that devil in the details and how much are we going to require them to report and tell us that's going on. And it's not necessarily that we want to do that as a governmental body. We want to do that as investors, as people that are putting the money into these type of industries, into these type of companies. And so well, that's why the website's so critical because that's what you start realizing. Uh, I get emails from all over the country, people wanting to know this and this and this, uh, but they're investors. And that's their money. And that's why, you know, they have some very serious questions about, oh, am I going to lose money? Is this a good investment? I don't know. I don't get into that. <laughs> it, it, it's a fascinating world, though. And but getting that's kind of our business news, our business news mainstay. There's here in Oklahoma is the oil and gas industry. Um, mm -hmm. I love following your alternative energy stuff uh your renewables and things like that you because you also track that as well yeah yeah a lot uh in the wind and when you start to realize uh, some of the big national and international companies that have wind farm operations here where they're exploring uh solar 
Uh, I just uh, had a story this weekend about EDF Renewables, uh, which is a big, big company, but they've got wind farms all over Oklahoma and how they uh, just managed to sign on some, what, two Fortune 500 companies to receive uh, wind power from an operation in Texas. And uh, you start to explore that. And, you know, what I try to focus on is not so much the technical aspect of some of these uh, kinds of industries, um, but what I think the average reader might be interested in knowing. You know, as we're talking kind of a little bit about business news and things like that, and I got to say thanks for this opportunity between you and Mike McCarville. Um, you guys allowed me to explore that business news side when I was working for KTOK under, under you guys and uh, being able to generate the Oklahoma Business News Report. And it caught attention. I mean, it, it was interesting because there was, there was a little bit of controversy on the back end of things as far as uh, who was going to get to advertise on it and all that kind of good stuff. But uh, that was on the sales floor and we didn't care about that. We were actually putting out a good product up on the 11th floor. And so, um, but it was interesting when I went on vacation uh, one of those rare instances I went on vacation, but I went on vacation and we didn't do the business news report that week. And we got a response. Where did this go? Yeah. They were, it was actually a tune in that we had created. And that's kind of the reason why I bring that up is because now we're seeing an era here in Oklahoma city, at least. And I know this is being repeated in other markets about our size, that there's no active radio newsrooms. Anymore. No, it's very, very sad. Um, but I, uh, it's not just radio, it's happening uh, in the industry across the country. Uh, I mean, look at your hometown, Daly, Oklahoma. Uh, you know, it's USA Today, uh, you know, with a few local stories thrown in. Uh, and you're right about radio, uh, KRMG in Tulsa, one of the few mainstays. And they used to be one of our main competitors when uh, I was at KTOK for many, many years. Uh, it's just, um, it's disappointing to see what uh, some of the major corporations have done with radio news, because I still think that uh, there's a need for it. And, uh, you know, as, an, as a case in point, uh, I had a drive yesterday out to Weatherford to get my second COVID shot. <laughs> and uh, so along the way, uh, my wife and I listened to uh, the radio coverage of the defense for Trump in the US Senate. And if anybody who's, who wants a good, uh, I guess, assessment of it, it's kind of going back to the old Nixon-Kennedy TV debates back in 60, where everyone who listened on radio thought Nixon was the clear winner in the debates. But if you watched it on TV, everyone went with Kennedy because Nixon appeared nervous, but it was the sound. And so it was the same thing as we were driving along, listening to what they were saying, and you had more of an opportunity to hear the valid points that they were making and it was it was just fascinating to me because then when we finally got home late in the afternoon and watched the closing of it you know you you got into the theatrics uh, and you were always focused on oh what they look like 
or, you know, it takes your mind. You're distracted from what they're really saying and how they're saying it. So this to me is, it just drives home the importance of radio. I mean, it's just another medium. So yeah, I grew up in radio practically. Right, <laughs> you know? well, and that's the thing. I, you, you know me, my first love is radio. That's the reason why I'm trying to make this podcast work is because I don't know that I fit back into that local radio market unless things change with corporate radio. Um, you know, I have the unique distinction of being fired from two talk radio stations in the same market within a year after I got the ratings to go up at both places. Unfortunately, that has happened a lot. Uh, I remember back in the 80s, um, in the afternoon when we did two hours of solid news from four to six, uh, a guy by the name of Dave Marshall was uh, the host, and he was a talk show host, uh, but I did the news, and uh, I think we ended up with a 24 share, but they... And I want to break that down. Let, let, let's break that down for a second, because a 24 share for your regular person, that may not translate, but a 24 share is nearly one in every four radios were tuned to your show That's at right. that time in Oklahoma City. Yeah, but management <clears throat> decided to, as we say in the business, shoot Dave Marshall. They canned him, uh, you know, because they just, they wanted to go somewhere else. And they were worried about the bottom line, bottom line, bottom line. We can do this so much cheaper, you know, well. It, yes, you can. You can do it cheaper. <laughs> I mean, I'm, yep. I'm living proof that you can do it cheaper. Um, you know, I, I get it. And I've, I've, you know, I've worked for the corporate giants, uh, shoulder to shoulder with you when it was Clear Channel and then became iHeartRadio. I've worked for the little mom and pops that were just a, a duo that was owned by a local guy. And, uh, you know, Disney offered him a filthy amount of money for his little AM stick and, and he took it. And that's why I landed back uh, in Oklahoma City. But I've been... Either way, and I understand if it's a little mom and pop, I don't mind cutting corners. I don't mind if it's a big corporation needing to cut corners here and there, especially if I get to retain my job and I get to continue to provide information and, and insight to people. Because uh, that's, I mean, I got into the business, I got into the radio business to be an entertainer. I evolved into somebody that provides information and, and actually enjoys that, that enjoys that pursuit of truth and that pursuit of giving somebody an opportunity to learn something about their world that could profoundly give them a chance to do something different with their life that's in the positive or being able to provide for their family or be able to make a decision that's right for them for whatever reason but i'm able it's because i was able to report facts to them about what's going on in the world and see i didn't do it for the entertainment value I mean, I just like journalism. I like reporting the facts and learning facts that somebody else didn't have in the market. You know, and I, I know I could be overly aggressive, but I was as a, as a radio reporter and as a radio news director, as you well know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, but, but see, there, but there again, you know, early in my career, I got fired from one of my jobs because I was lazy. 
And I don't think you could really call me that since you've, since you've known me, I don't think there's a lazy bone. And I, I don't think you know me as the lazy guy. <clears throat> no. Um, but the thing was, is I needed the kick in the butt. Sometimes I needed sure. that. Hey, well, we all do, yeah. you know, and it, 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 it's interesting because today you can't do that in a newsroom. Oh no. You can't. I, you know. Yeah, you can't do that. You have to be able to do it in a certain way. Now, I've got a different culture within the newsroom that I've that I've helped culminate with my boss and and with my coworkers, and we've all decided that instead of uh, pointing fingers, we're going to be problem solvers. So if something messes up, we know something's going to mess up. In fact, we kind of joke around that, yeah, if something doesn't mess up, it means it's it was a good week, you know. Well, yeah, I'd have thought about that, Jason. Uh, the fact that. Uh, over the past months and couple of years since I got out of radio that I think I'd be a different news director only because I'd have to. <laughs> Maybe not only because, but, but I, instead of uh, being forceful, I might be a little more, uh, like you say, problem solving. Although that doesn't mean the person that I'm trying to work with will get it <laughs> yes. and that they will do the job that I know must be done and should be done, you know, to be good journalism rather than just an entertainment side of, of radio news. I, I'm still a stickler for the facts and I still don't like the entertainment aspect that we see in some of the local broadcast outlets in Oklahoma city and around the country, uh, you know, I, I don't like it when I'm watching uh, the news in the evening and they they talk about, well, that's our show tonight. You know, and I learned long, long ago, it's not a show. It's the news. <laughs> uh, it's interesting that you, that you put it that way because it really, inside, looking inside baseball, I mean, this is really inside baseball. The reason why we see that and the reason why we see the repeats over and over again and that, that whole it's because it's the same group of consultants that are telling them how to do their jobs. And these are consultants that haven't been really directly involved in the business in any successful way themselves, other yeah. than they happen to land a corporate job somewhere and happen to be able to get into this position where they can tell somebody that, well, your teeth isn't aren't white enough. That's more important. Your hairstyle is more important. You're the way you dress, you know, we got to make sure we're coordinated and we have the right, you know, and I get it. There are members of the audience. I mean, I, I hear it. My, I hear it. I hear it in my own home, members of the audience that get critical of the appearance of the anchors and the reporters. You know, but I had a conversation with somebody in the TV news industry locally and, uh, I, you know, it wasn't an argument. It was just a discussion. And I said, why, why don't you do more serious news? You know, go beyond, you know, the latest fire of an empty house or, or, or some car crash that doesn't mean, you know, or a drive-by shooting that affects the handful of people in that block where it, it doesn't affect the majority of listeners. Well, that's what, the, that's what the listeners and the viewers want. Well, I don't buy that. I, that to me, that's not news. I mean, it, it's just happening news. 
And so, you know, that, that old standard, you know, line about if it bleeds, it leads. Well, there is some truth to that. There's a lot of truth to that. And instead of leading with the story that maybe you found fraud in the welfare department, well, I shouldn't say any state agency, which there's just a deplorable lack of coverage of the, of the, the state government by uh, the local media. Uh, except, you know, the TV, I mean, the newspapers, they've got people out there. And so consequently, what you've seen also is a growth of independent uh, website news people, you know, much like OK Energy today, except you see this at the state capitol. And I, I applaud it. I think it's great uh, because they come up with some good stories. And they're the kind of stories that we ought to be watching every night on the local news. But you're not. And I, sometimes you're, you're putting inexperienced reporters in those positions or you're losing valuable experienced reporters because you want them to be more of a, a mojo, you know, the mobile journalist who does everything by himself or herself. And, you know, it's impossible. If you just want it for show, it's like icing on a cake, except you don't have the cake. All you've got is icing and there's no substance. And Lord knows the diabetes problem in Oklahoma. Exactly. So, <laughs> so no, and I get I, I love what you just said there because there's actually some justification for these for that. Because they, oh, yeah. they are they're not looking to do news journal they're not well let me take that back they're not looking to do journalism, they're looking to do news of the day. And I tell students that when I go talk to students and I said, listen, there's a difference in, in the type of journalism that I do on television is different than what you will see that you're you probably used to seeing uh, with the local commercial stations and things like that. Not that one thing's better than the other. It's just they're different. We have we have different philosophies. I have one hour a week. They have multiple shows. And to show you the difference in the priority, the week of the legislative session uh, opens with the state of the state. My one-hour show committed 22 minutes of its time to cover the state of the state in the first week of the legislative session. Mm -hmm. When we calculated it, that was more time than the commercial stations did in their main four, five, or their five, nine, or five, six, and ten newscasts all together. All yeah. their combination, everything they did from the three main ones. I'm not counting one of them, but you know. No, but, but here's yeah. why you should be doing that. And I've always, and I explained it to you <laughs> decades ago, and any number of reporters that, look, the people who are affected by a county commission decision, or uh, the legislature, or the city council, I mean, it's taxes. What about school boards? It affects every parent of a student same way with this whole decision and this fight over returning to schools because of the COVID-19 pandemic. I mean, it affects parents. And so that's what I believe. That should get the emphasis, not a drive-by that wounded somebody, you know, in some dark alley or whatever, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, because you, you have to look at the, uh, the number of people involved in the story uh, or any story, you know, 
okay, if it's a shooting on a school playground, that's one thing, because then you've got all different sorts of stakeholders. You've got the people directly involved, the school people, the school boards, and then the people in the neighborhood wondering about the safety of uh, you know, their neighborhood. Well, take that stakeholder thing and apply it to any story. How many stakeholders are involved or have the potential to be involved? And if it's an empty house fire, eh, zero, maybe. As long as you didn't catch the neighbor's house on fire. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, I mean, and the thing is, is that there's also, it, it, for, I know it started before 2008, but I see the great purge of 2008 of newsrooms, uh, both uh, uh, in newspapers and, and broadcast. Uh, a lot of that had to do with the downturn of the economy and the advertising dollars weren't coming in. And so there was the big purge and it's never recovered, but they've maintained the same amount of content that they've had to fill. So they've become creative in the way they've had to fill that content and it's become the news of the day. What's easier to get? Is it going to be that house fire that's going to take two hours of your time? And uh, No, I agree. You know, Or is it going to be that in-depth that's going to take some journalism and going to take some research and it's going to take some time because you better cross your T's and dot your I's with this type of journalism because, let's face it, there are going to be times when you cross the wrong path and those people are going to be very angry with your journalism because they're in, your, they're, they're in the spotlight and you know, with us, <laughs> so there, there are some elements that just don't like the spotlight. And there are times when we're even surprised from what we discover when we go into those type of things. Mm -hmm. There's so many different aspects over the years that have changed. And you're right, it was about 2008 or 9 or 10, somewhere in there where things really started to, uh, to cause harmful effects to at least radio news. Um, I, th I think that that's a fair assessment because uh, uh, I was let go at KTOK in 2011, I believe, because of corporate downsizing. Uh, okay, I accept that, <laughs> you know, so I moved on and uh, got back into radio and another aspect of the market, uh, working for Channel 9 TV. And then that changed too. Uh, in the last year or so, and, uh, I mean, not now, but I mean, the last, oh, what, three years ago, four years ago, uh, there was a drastic change in the kind of effort that they made, the Griffin family, which that's their prerogative. Uh, but it's, it's just, um, oh, it's just uh, an indication. It, it's just a good reflection, I guess, of what's happened to the, the whole radio industry. And you just see so much uh, you know, so computerized. I mean, it's like, you know, you can pick up Rush Limbaugh on a, practically every small station in the state or, or something like that. And uh, I always argued that uh, uh, for the longest time that uh, the internet, uh, you know, or, or such, or serious radio, uh, you know, it was the wrong way to go You're, because you were just killing local markets. But I guess everything pans out because I use it a lot when I travel. <laughs> I oh yeah, I certainly, I certainly, certainly, uh, um, especially with the new car. I bought a bought a car 
had a breakdown finally and and buy another car. And so I've now got the car payments. But along with car payments, I went ahead and got the uh, Sirius XM satellite radio. But on the other hand, it, it also shows, Jason, you know, you do get more information as you go down the road doing that rather than punching the dials trying to, to find a local radio station that doesn't give you local news. So... It, it, here's and here's what I rely on. This is this is I rely on our local NPR stations. I mean, because at least I get some semblance of some kind of news. Usually, I already know the news that I've heard on those stations. Mm -hmm. But it's also, because I'm on the front lines of those same news lines that they cover, so I probably you know that's an unfair assessment of saying I well I know the news that they that they said, but it's reassuring to know that at least some of what I know is also being shared with, uh, with those, with uh, through those two particular outlets. So but, now you're, now you're touching on what I, what is a very sore subject with me, uh, with uh, some of the networks like NPR, which I consider to be slanted news reporting rather than give me, give me the facts uh, or, or give me more than just one side of the story. And uh, it's it's pretty dismal out there because, and I see that even in some of the wire services when I read their stories in newspapers, where suddenly they interject their own political beliefs in the middle of a story, which I don't think should be done. Now, if you want to do it in an opinion piece, okay, that's that's fair game, but we've become so confused with mixing talk show hosts with news people. And we think a talk show host should be objective when that's not their job, you know. But you're seeing so many uh, network news people that suddenly they are interjecting their opinions. And I don't want that as a listener or viewer. Just tell me what happened. Let me decide if I want to get more. Have you tried, I completely agree with you, especially when it comes to the, the big three, when it comes to CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, I don't watch anymore unless I know it's going to be a live event that I can't pick up somewhere else yeah. uh, or that I do want to pick up from their specific channel. I really don't watch them. I tell you what I do watch, Newsy. News mm -hmm. is, is the is the cable channel I've started watching because it's nice little succinct packages that are just facts. There are no yeah. opinions. There's no talk show host on their channel going this that unless they do a documentary, and then that documentary is fa very fast based. And they've also had debates over the news, and they highlight this is two people's opinion debating this central thing. So it is a and when they started, they were borrowing the, uh, any video that they could. You, you would always see the borrowed video, the courtesy video that they would get. Mm -hmm. They able to put this together. But, and it started as a very small operation, apparently, and has grown into something to where I think they have kind of an office studio that they do now. And they do these different expanded programming and things like that. So I'm rooting for Newsy. I hope it kind of catches on. But that that's really done it for me as far as cable news, if I really want to catch up. Uh, I, but of course, my, my other thing is, is that I've really gone streaming. I'm mostly streaming now, so I can do my news on demand when it comes to the national news. I don't have to wait 
to the top and bottom of the hour anymore on CNN or Fox News or MSNBC to get those news breaks, which is, you know, you might get 90 seconds worth of news, maybe. And yeah. Then, you know, the rest of that hour is going to be opinion. But, you know, that's where, that's kind of where I'm at is that if I really wanted news, that's where I would go as far as television goes. I that power to stream and I'm hope I'm hoping that translates well for others because you know the media companies they now have something that when we were when it was just broadcasting you know we kind of guessed at the numbers that was a thing we had to rely on somebody that was getting paid two or three dollars to remember what they listened to at what time and who yeah. was on the air and yeah. have to write it around and all that that's how they got it now I, with this podcast i can tell what country is listening i've had people from ireland listening to this podcast yeah yeah i mean that's the furthest out i've had um now but, you know, yeah. let me let me interject something here there, there is one thing that i think was really um well it was it had such a dramatic impact on me as a reporter that I, I okay i'm going to get a little technical here for maybe viewers or listeners of your podcast here but but i always liked sound bites to tell the story you know, when I was first got into radio in 1971, the average sound bite was 45 seconds. Wow. And, yeah. And now, you know, it's three, four, five seconds. That, you know, if you get a 12 or 15 second sound bite, that's long. <laughs> I, I, but, you're right. You're right. See, in the, I'm so spoiled where I'm at. Because I do get those, I mean, I've in in my most recent uh, package that aired the, on Friday, uh, I had a twenty-two second soundbite. Yeah. Well, so what I'm getting at is the computerized uh, versions of radio news, especially. It's neat <laughs> because you can take an interview. You know that. Let's say I was working at, at nine. And doing the radio network for them, you could just pull sound bites off. You didn't have to worry about, oh, I've got to interview so-and-so because nine would do it. And you'd pull off that clip and it was just boom, boom, boom. And I like that aspect of it, except sometimes they didn't, I feel, put enough emphasis on the stories that have real meaning, <coughs> pardon me, and um, Sometimes they'd get a little touchy feeling, you know, well, okay, if you want to do that, that's fine. I, I just, I, I want more of the news. I'm a hard hitting news person. And I admit it, if it's a fault, okay. But I, I think that's the kind of information that uh, affects people. Well, and you know, I think you're right. I think you're right that, uh, that we've, and I think that with the current argument and the current atmosphere toward media, the attitudes toward media, uh, that's out there. I think if they knew more of besides that five letter word that doesn't adequately describe what's really out there, because now your publication with OK Energy Day, it's a digital publication. You, you were mentioning the uh, guys at the Capitol. There's Nondoc, there's Oklahoma Watch, there's the Frontier. Those mm -hmm. are three digital uh, e-capital. That's another one that's a digital that's more of a paid type service that, that fewer people know about, but excellent service. They they do some excellent work. It's, it's they amazing. Do. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you got to give those pra praise because they're filling in that gap that 
unfortunately, because traditional broadcast has been handicapped since 2018 or 2008, um, that they're filling that gap. They're filling that area. I mean, I even work for a publication that has seen a resurgence because of that lack of coverage of the Capitol with McCarville Report. You know, we see, I see an uptick of, of, of readers uh, had a major uptick this month when the legislative started. Well, you know, but and it, Jason, it's it's why the public should care about uh, the news organizations because uh, without some of those like Nondoc and, and the others, uh, and there probably should be more. Uh, without them, then you start to understand how sometimes legislators can slip things by in the dark of the night, so to speak, and then you wonder it's law and you go how did this happen well nobody was paying attention you know instead they were worried about well whatever you know how i look (laughs) 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 or or, well uh, things that just didn't uh, maybe they didn't have the time to do or they didn't want to do it uh it, it didn't have that flashy sexy look Well, Jerry, I'm going to leave it right there. It is always great to be able to sit down and have a conversation with you, even if it's over Zoom and we're, uh, you know, we're, we're, I I assume you're in Yukon and I'm here in South Oklahoma City and, and all that. You look great. Uh, I know the the listeners won't be able to see you, but you look great. And uh, I'm, I know before we started recording, I said some, some things to you that, uh, that were heartfelt and I really did mean them that uh, you've been a great, great friend. Uh, you have been a great mentor. Uh, if it hadn't been for you, I wouldn't have been able to uh, do what I do today. And I wouldn't be able to uh, still be in the mix with all these young people that are out there. Cause uh, when I came on board, I had a lot more hair and it was a lot redder. And, Me too. <laughs> you know, uh, so, you know, things have changed, but uh, the fact that I'm able to still uh, stay up with the young guys, you know, a lot of that I have to uh, say thank you for because you have those are kind words. Thank you very much. And I will close when you close by saying what I always contend the guests and some of the reporters. It, you know, I'm, I'm always a stickler about some of these things. When somebody uh, closes off an interview, the anchor goes, thank you. And then the subject of the interview goes, thank you, instead of saying you're welcome. A shot of JD. Thank you very much, Jerry Bonin, once again for joining us here on the Shot of JD with Friends podcast. That was that was awesome. Um, I really enjoyed recording that one with him and and talking a little bit. At it. We'll I'm hoping to delve a little bit more and show you guys uh, a little bit more behind the scenes, a, a better understanding of at least how the local media work. Uh, I think it would help with a lot of our editorial discernment, how we decide to choose what media we bring into our homes and, and consume. So I'm hoping that I'm hoping we can open some eyes and, and really, you know, demonstrate what we go through when we're in the trenches and then being just slapped with a generic label. That's that just doesn't work. I mean, how could people get in touch with you if they want to, you know, reach out to you via technology? I'm on Twitter. 
All right, so you can always catch up with me on social media. You can find me on Twitter at Jason Doyle. It's pretty simple. Uh, the original Jason Doyle on Twitter. So it's at Jason Doyle. Uh, over on Facebook, you can find the page. It's uh, Jason Doyle Broadcasted. That's where you're going to find all my little exploits within the uh, uh, media. Uh, different freelance things I do. Uh, maybe you'll see some some of the stuff I do over at OETA, those type of things. So, uh, or even some past radio uh, type clips and all that kind of good stuff. So it's it's kind of fun walk through memory if you go through it and, and get into that type of thing. But otherwise, you can stay up with the podcast when it's going to come up uh, there at Jason Doyle Broadcasted as well. Of course, catch up uh, with all the Shot of JD podcast and the new and improved Shot of JD with Friends podcast over at shotofjd.simplecast.com. Once again, that's shotofjd.simplecast.com. And email me, and we might do some like on-air email responses and type stuff with this uh, podcast uh, in the future. So uh, feel free to shoot me some ideas or, or comments or anything like that over at shotofjdpodcast at gmail.com. That's shotofjdpodcast at gmail.com. I'm your host, Jason Doyle. Thank you so much. Sorry, folks. We ran out of time. Shame. 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 This has been really exciting. I, I appreciate the downloads, the listens. Spread the news. Spread the news. There's a new Oklahoma City conversational podcast that is not focused on politics. Well, maybe a little bit from time to time, but, you know, in the safe zone. So come on, join us and spread the word about the Shot of JD with Friends podcast. I didn't make anybody stay here until 7 a.m. or 11 or whatever it is everybody finally left. I didn't make this kid pass out on my floor. People wanted to be here. That was their decision. Stay in school and don't let nobody bully you. A shot of JD.